what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Brothers in Tech is a weekly podcast focused on personal and home technology, helping provide you, our fellow brothers and sisters in tech, with some information, assistance, and recommendations. Hi, everyone. This is Brothers in Tech. My name is Alan Jackson. To my right is Brian Jackson. We are brothers. We are the Brothers in Tech, as the name of the show will clue you in on. And uh, Brian, how you doing, man? Good. I'm good. Did 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 a chatbot write that for you? Because that was just <laughs> eloquent, yeah. you know, perfect. Yep. Right. I'm <laughs> using artificial intelligence to completely write all dialogue spoken by me today. <laughs> Thank you for doing that, Alan Jackson. No, the fact that yeah. I sound like an AI bot is uh, what's concerning to me. So, uh, no, yeah, that's probably the truth. That, no, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, Alan. Oh, yeah. So for for people that, um, yeah, for, for people, people that are usually, in, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. Well. For people that have listened before, know that this is generally the only time Alan and I talk. And uh, but today we talked twice, Alan. This was a very oh, unique did. day. Yeah, <laughs> that's why today's felt so weird. Um, it did feel weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm talking to you. I'm not sure I like today. Like, I felt weird. I was like, why? Why am I talking to my brother right now? I don't understand. We're yeah. not on a podcast. We're not talking technology. What is the deal? So. Uh, that was yeah. It was it was all right. It was nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Well, we'll have to um, cut tonight short because I can't handle too much of you in one day. Right? I do have a timer I keep um, next to me yeah. to track the amount of time I speak with you. And there's an alarm that will go off here in a little bit. It'll probably let me know I've reached a limit. I need yep. to cut it off. So uh, cool. Good. Okay. Enough with the uh, <laughs> quote humorous uh, banter, which I know yeah. is not humorous at all. Uh, but welcome to Brothers in Tech. Brian and I are brothers. We do talk technology. We love talking home, family, and personal technology. Could be apps, could be websites, could be gadgets, could be home automation. We just talk about things that uh, everyday people use technology for and how to make the most of it or how to learn to use it better. And um, every week we, we tackle a different topic that we like to dig into. And uh, that's going to be the, the case for this episode. We have a topic that we're going to be discussing in a little bit, and that is uh, designing or our our perfect email program. Mm, now, email before Nirvana. You get, before you email get your hopes Nirvana. up, we're not going to tell you how you can get the perfect email program because I don't think it's been created yet. Nope. nope. What we're going to do is share our features and things that we have used or experienced in other programs, and we kind of throw it all together, Frankenstein it together into a list of features that are going to be the things that we feel like a perfect email program should have for us yep. to sign off on it. Now, if you are a developer, <laughs> this may be a great opportunity to listen to what we need. And Brian and I may be very excited to talk to you about a very personal private app, email <laughs> app you develop just for us, as long just as you're us. not concerned right. about making money from it. Um, nope. You just want to nope. satisfy two podcast hosts. Um, we may be in business. We'll see. Yep. But, but um, I mean, Alan, come on, let's be honest. If, if we like it, all of our millions of listeners will like it. That's true. So if there's a, a good fraction, chance that a lot of our people, <laughs> if even a fraction of our listeners listen to it, 
um, he might get a couple bucks out of it. <laughs> so that'll be pretty. Hey, listen, good. I will. I will guarantee this developer that at least ten percent of our li- our listenership would would join on this. Now he doesn't need to know. He or she, they do not need to know how many people that is. Right. But I guarantee we can get ten percent of our listenership to buy into your email nirvana, which I know that uh, will be uh, wonderfully curated by us throughout this episode. Yeah, that's the overall goal. But for everybody else who's not a developer looking to develop an email client, we hope the conversation is going to help you see some different features that are available in various email programs right now and find out if there's some that maybe you're missing out on, or maybe you should look at a different client that can provide you different features you are looking for. So we'll get to that in a few minutes, but Brian, I wanted to share just one or two things with you before we got into that, if that's okay. Um, well, it's going against your time, but whatever. Sure. <laughs> so we, uh, we talked about AI a few weeks ago, um, had a good conversation about artificial intelligence and kind of what's happening with artificial intelligence. We talked about it both in creating text and kind of uh, being a, a chat bot to create a dynamic text for you, uh, uh, based on what you're asking it or having a discussion with it. But we also talked about creating images using artificial intelligence. What was the um, service I demonstrated? Um, uh, is it Dolly? Dolly. Is it Dolly? Dolly. Basically mm-hmm. type in a phrase and say, I want a photo of or picture of this right. person holding ice cream, wearing a yellow hat or whatever. And it would create one for you that uh, the res- the results were were okay. They were uh, fair to mixed. But um, yep. I wanted to share with you, and I'm going to give proper credit to the Twitter account that this came from. Uh, here's the Twitter handle up on the screen. It is Ham Carlos. Then his name is Cam Harless, but his Twitter handle ah. is reverse letters Ham Carlos. He is, uh, nice. I believe, a designer or artist, but he spent some time on a uh, on one of the uh, the uh, graphic photo AI systems that he's obviously very good with, as you'll see in the results. And he created a giant picture of all of the presidents of the United States that we've ever had. But he's calling it the hell yeah edition because he has basically taken the president's photos and turned them into just, let me just show it. And we'll, we'll okay. So, um, here, okay, here we go. Now this is going to be really small on the screen, but I'm going to zoom in on it a little bit for you. <laughs> So let's let's zoom in a little bit on these. This is all of the presidents of the United States, but I want to start with the most recent ones. Here you see these are the hell yeah versions of our presidents. <laughs> Joe Biden in the bottom right, uh, Donald Trump, Barack Obama's got a great uh, <laughs> just a great look to him. George W. It. Bush, man, they made George W. Bush look. Wow, yeah, really that looks good. like. I mean, he's he's. He's like a that's that's a cross between MacGyver and I don't know something from Dallas or something. I mean that I don't know. That's that's pretty impressive. Bill Clinton, not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just great. I had so oh much my fun gosh. looking through all of these. Um, let's go back up to the oldest ones up here: George Washington, <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Um, you know, they don't look that the much different yeah, than their original photos. But uh, Abraham Lincoln over on the right hand side, I think, has got a good look going for him. Oh um, man, badass. Yeah. <laughs> this is great, isn't it? <laughs> Look at <Wow>. James Polk. 
Anyway, um, so for the people that are the people that are listening, I know, and not I'm, getting I'm, to enjoy this visually. Good, I'm sorry. This is pretty. Uh, it's pretty much throwing some badass hairdos, maybe some glasses, maybe some f- additional facial hair, a lot of um, mullets, a lot, a lot of mullets, a little bit of mohawks. Um, Dwight D. Eisenhower's got a Whoa, really what is interesting that? mohawk going on. Yeah. Wow. Lyndon Johnson might be my favorite on the far right. <laughs> <I'll> just- <laughs> The thing is, I think, I think that guy lives in Hickory. I think I've seen that guy around town. <laughs> that guy probably runs Hickory. I mean, come I was on, right? say, he, everybody he might loves that. Be guy. our mayor right now? I'm not really yeah. sure. And John um, Kennedy, man, right? John F. Kennedy. Of course, that was you know he's well, look, badass anyway, right? I was but gonna say it, that's it pretty didn't impressive. Take tons yeah. of work to get that one going, but uh, no. No. Anyway, this, these are all wow. AI generated portraits of our presidents, where it just takes a dash of. <laughs> Easy Rider, um, <laughs> you know, uh, 80s uh, Southern rock and mix it in and just make some badass yep. versions of our president. There's some hair so. bands in there. There's Yeah, yeah there's some yeah, mix it in. Yeah. Go down and show Clinton again. I want to see Clinton. Oh. Yeah, hold on. Um, there's Clinton. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so... And wow. Herbert Hoover looks like uh, Kelsey Grammer. I don't know what's going on with that, but um. Oh yeah, Kelsey. Yep, yep. Kelsey Grammer mm-hmm. with a Wolfman Jack haircut on. But um. Anyway, wow. I, I encourage you guys if if you're listening on audio and you want to check this out, go to on Twitter. His handle is Ham Carless. That's H A M C A R L E S S. It's just I mean I just because we talked about AI a few weeks ago in our photo. The photos we were generating were not anywhere near as good as what you're seeing here. So this oh, guy's God, obviously yeah. got a good handle on how to make it work. But um, some interesting stuff being done with AI these days. So Nice. And no, who that's... said AI wasn't going to be good for us as a society? I mean, look I at mean it obviously is paying benefits already, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I just thought that was fun. All right. All right. Well, let's see. I, I don't have many updates for you, Alan, um, except... Uh, one that might be helpful for some people. Uh, last was it last last week that we talked about streaming sports, or was that the week before? That was last week. Last week, okay. Yeah. So for those who listened last week, we talked about kind of streaming services for sports, and one of the things we mentioned was uh, Apple TV just starting the MLS um, the MLS season last weekend, and they opened mm-hmm. up a free MLS weekend where you, anybody could watch. And then, uh, lo and behold, I realized just probably two days ago. So I did turn on maybe about 15 minutes. It looked good. Right. Yep. I think Alan, you I and I talked it about it. It's like, it was nice. Uh, graphics were good. I watched uh, some of the uh, Charlotte match and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was crazy better than a normal display, but the fact of being able to switch quickly, watch others, see all mm-hmm. of them at one place, uh, and even I think you get to choose your audio on some of the games. You could choose your audio, which was kind of kind of nice. Um, I didn't play with that, but yeah. Yeah, but the other thing I was going to mention is just on I think it was Monday I saw a um, uh, saw an article that said that and if you're a T-Mobile user, you get the MLS pass for free. So of course I am. So mm-hmm. I went real quickly, looked into our T-Mobile kind of. What are your benefits? And sure enough, it said click here and you get the entire MLS season for free. So I've got that for free. So if you're a T-Mobile user, that's something you can get for free right now. And maybe that's just another quick side, Alan, that I don't think the... 
I don't think the phone companies do a great job, probably purposely, of telling mm-hmm. you when you have these benefits. Because if they already have you, there's really no need to yeah. tell you about it, right? But if you haven't gone to check maybe your um, your mobile service app and just see what else is included, some of them are including Netflix for a few months. They're including, I get Paramount Plus for six mm-hmm. months. I get, um, I think Netflix, if I were to sign up right now for T-Mobile, you get Netflix. So I would suggest people, and this is probably a good thing for for everyone to do, just double check to make sure there's no free services that you're missing out on because you haven't checked the app, right? I don't think they're very That's good at really letting good you point. know if you're already locked in, they don't need to tell you. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah I've so been an AT&T customer for way too long, and I'm sure there's probably things included I'm not being told or aware of. I have yeah. to go hunting and find myself. So yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the major league soccer broadcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to the point where I'm going to become an avid watcher or, or sign on for the season pass. But, right. Right. You know, Charlotte, North Carolina has a, has a MLS team and uh, it was kind of nice watching them on an Apple generated mm-hmm. broadcast. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was kind of yeah. cool. So, uh, well, I'll that. just remind everybody. Uh, the assumption is that, I mean, this is a test case for them, right? They're, they're seeing whether or not people like the fact of being able to have it in one place, but I expect all streaming sports services to get much better very quickly because we talked about before, there are so many things you can do when it's a digital streaming delivery of information statistics, different angles, different um, different commentators, different audio streams, all of that is now possible if you've got people doing a digital streaming delivery of that content. So um, right. uh, buckle up. I think it's going to be it's going to be incredibly interesting to see how sports change. And, and to me, this this Apple TV is their dipping of the toes. And I expect next season to be incredibly cool. I expect their push for another sport to be really cool. So it's interesting. So yeah, anyway, uh, that was my update. Apple do us right. And MLS major league soccer. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's a big fan base for it. Next up, you got to hit the cornhole circuit. Uh, cornhole is huge right now. You'd be able to get the the statistics behind cornhole. Yes. You know, exit velocity, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Exactly. I need the yeah, true uh, second screen experience where I can pull up stats and I can pull up <laughs> all the all the information about the match. Um, let's do it, Apple. What is, yep. What kind of beef jerky are they look, eating uh, in between? Look, yeah. Major League Soccer caters to ninety five percent of the world's population. The five percent it doesn't cater to are the people around me where I live. <laughs> so. so Cornhole might reach them. So let's go with Cornhole and see if we can capture all of the okay. the, the rest of the world at one time. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, I will. I will. And laughing about it real quick, Alan. I do wonder who's going to make a push for NASCAR. Yeah. That's you think a good about there are so mm-hmm. many ways of different yeah. angles, different announcers, oh. different audio, being able to hear inside a car, being able to. Yes. There's so many things. And being sponsor. able to flip between a race, a, a track view, and an inside the car view for one particular driver, if you have that option. Sure. That would split I, screen. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody making push, push, a push for that because they, they keep those on uh, network TV, but. Yeah. It won't be long, and and you know you know NASCAR loves a good dollar, so they'll they'll mm-hmm. figure out a way to to offer a a good package for that. So very cool. All right, good cool. follow up to a uh, nice segue from last yeah. week to kind of follow up on that topic there. So 
So Brian, let's go ahead and jump in and talk about our, our topic today, which is email. email programs. We have talked about email programs a fair amount on the show over the last couple mm-hmm. of year, few years uh, for various reasons. I think because of what we're going to talk about tonight, I think we've talked about email because we don't feel like we have it right yet. Nope. Um, nope. I don't know Not about you, all. Brian, but I, I, I really, if I think about the applications or programs that are, are on my computer and running and I'm interacting with the most percentage wise on a daily basis, it's probably emails, the highest percentage web browser yeah. in that neighborhood, maybe second, but web browser co- covers a lot of ground. Email is a lot more of a singular purpose app, but it is crazy to think how much email is up and running and I depend on it. So it's why I tend to get very finicky about how my email programs work, what features they provide, what features I feel like they're missing. And when they're missing a key pro- a feature, um, it's uh, it's tough. It's very difficult to handle. So, uh, yep. what's your what's your relationship with email oh, these I, days? I mean, it's very similar. It's the it's the one app that's always open on my uh, always on my computer. I'm using it eighty percent of the time that I'm on a computer. Uh, it is running. It is my communication portal for uh for most work things and uh, yeah, and and it's and I'm the same. I don't. I don't love any email client that's out there. Um, it's not, none of them are perfect. And really it's just a matter of which is the best of. And so I'm constantly trying anytime there's an update of several of that I'm trying, I'll go to the update, try it for a week yeah. and inevitably realize I'm frustrated and, you know, go back to whatever I was using before for one reason or another. And this is why I, I propose this episode is because I find myself now when I'm switching between these and trying new things, there's usually one thing with each one of them that will trigger me to say, nope, can't do it anymore, right? I can try. I can try for a Same week. Here. And mm-hmm. then there's one thing that I go, okay, I can't I can't get past that. Nope. And I'm, I'm making note way. of what some of those things are. And I think it's helpful for us to you know, talk about what those are, what, what the triggers are. And then, as you said, let's, let's get into some of the really cool things that I think are being used on some email clients. And if people were to combine those together and do it effectively, I think we'd have uh, we'd have some really uh, great opportunities ahead of us. So, so yeah, I'm just going to Frankenstein a bunch of features together. Yeah, to see if we have, by the end of the day we've got kind of an ideal email program. Now, Brian and I will use the word email client or email program. We're basically talking about whatever the application is you're using to check your mail, your email. Now, some of you I know are using. Uh, Google, like Gmail with the web interface. Great. That is a Mm -hmm. technically an email client. Uh, It it, it satisfies that requirement. Uh, And yes, I've used the Gmail web client as well. I like a vast majority of it, but there's a few things that are hanging up some of that as well. So we're mainly talking about the programs, the apps that are really dedicated meant for email, but not to discredit yeah, web interfaces. Because I mean, that is can an I for can I just ask you, Alan? Why? Why? I have thought about this, but why do you not use a web base? So, because nowadays they are. I mean, drag and drop is there. Move things around is there. I mean, with HTML, the newest versions of those things, you can do that. But what is it that keeps you from using it? Well, I have six email ac- accounts that mm-hmm. I use. Two of them are are Google based. Okay. So the idea is that I've got two different Google work or workplace accounts that 
I am not over at least the last time I attempted to see if I could bring in like a third party email account into the Gmail interface, along with having dual two Gmail accounts running simultaneously in the same inbox. Yep. Uh, that did not seem like a possibility at the time. Right. Right. That was my big hang up right away is that, okay. yeah, if you're only a Gmail user, if you have a Gmail account and that's all you need and you're happy with, and that's, that's all the email you need, the Gmail web interface is really good. Um, I mean, it does have most of the features we're going to cover here in a little bit. Yeah. And they do have a mobile app version of the Gmail native uh, mail client that integrates with it perfectly. But again, I, I, I need, I need more. I've got more clients, more, more email accounts to manage. And I need to yep. manage them all in one place. Yeah. So I've got a couple of couple of reasons why I don't use it. One, I'm not a big fan of web apps altogether, mm-hmm. mainly because they're all in the same application. So, you know, if I use Safari or Firefox or whatever, I've got different windows that could do different things. One could be email. But if something goes wrong with that app, the all of what I'm doing goes away and has a problem, right? I like to have my apps separate. Uh, is one thing. And, uh, and two, I think that, you know, there's, there's a benefit of if you open up a web browser, then you have to click another button in order to get to your email and to make it another window and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas the app itself, you open it and it does what it's supposed to do. Right. So that to me, I've always been a, a person who goes with a standalone app for email and, uh, and I'll probably continue to do that until, yeah until they make, you know, instances of your browser, you know, it'd be one thing if you said, Hey, I'm a Firefox user. There's one icon of Firefox down in my dock that is email only. And there's Mm -hmm. another icon of Firefox that is something else. There's another icon and they are different instances. If one crashes, they don't crash them all. Maybe then I'd be okay. But until that happens, I don't think so. So we are actually talking about email clients, email apps that have features built into them. Okay. That's right. And again, so Alan, we are talking, the features we're going to be discussing are Mac or Windows features. I mean, nothing we're going to yep, be talking about yep. is a feature that is specific to one platform or the other. Right. The difference is that the examples of the actual email clients that Brian and I have worked with and experienced are mostly going to be ones that are Mac yeah. or Mac only, <clears throat> possibly. Um, right. But right. features are fairly universal. And even if you're on Windows and you're looking for email programs, these are still features that you can try to target and find in programs available on the Windows platform as well. So yep. Yep. I'll tell you what we're going to do, Brian, just to have a little bit of a visual element to it. I'm going to keep a, a kind of like a digital whiteboard up hmm. uh, for those watching on video because we're going to be bringing up a lot of features and I just want to have them organized in one place because I think we're you, you and I are going to need to fight a little bit about which one should have priority over another, which ones are more important. And also see if any of the features we have are going to be the same uh, as well. So um, how do you want to do this? You want to kind of just ping pong back and forth? Yeah. Let's each each say, you know, like what's, what's top of your list that has to be there. Um, If this isn't there, you're not even, you're not sticking with it. It's a, it's a critical, a critical uh, feature for your email client. Sure. Well, let me start? go first. I'll go yep. first. I'm going to put it up on the board. Boom, boom. Cross-platform functionality. And what I mean by that, I'm not really talking Mac or Windows because, I mean, yes, ideally, if you are using both Mac and Windows and you want to have some email program that could work 
the same on both, that's ideal. But that's not most people. Most people need it for one computer. When I say cross-platform, I'm talking about desktop to mobile. So in my situation, it's the Mac operating system and the mobile operating system, iOS. I need to have an email program that will work on both platforms and work relatively the same on both. In other words, don't give me a desktop version uh, that has a feature that's really cool, but I can't do it on the mobile version because I do just as much email work on a mobile device as I do on my desktop. Yeah. Um, so I need to make sure that I can do the same type of email composing, sending, all the features that go along with it have to be similar on both. So I need a fairly parity um, you know, parity version of this email client on both platforms. That's my number one requirement. Nice. Nice. If I see that, Hey, this is a great mobile app, but there's no desktop app. I'm like, well, I'm out. I can't, I can't, right. that's not what I need. So. Right. Okay. Okay. I think that's, I I'm with you on that. That is, that is absolutely a necessity. Um, I'm going to add to that. And this one I think is fairly obvious because I would imagine most of the applications are doing this now, but if you have tried one that doesn't do it well, you will be very frustrated and that's junk mail filtering, right? Okay. The email has to have an effective junk mail filtering process, whether that's on the server side or whether that's on the app side. Uh, if you try jumping into a, a client that, does not have effective jump, junk mail filtering, it is maddening and to realize how many of these things you have to then go and train or maybe there's a, you have to point them out yourself. And I, I think that's just a, that's kind of a nightmare. So to yeah. me, there has to be some junk mail filtering. And again, that one sounds obvious because most of them have it and you yeah. normally don't even get to see when it's not working or when it's working, you don't get to see it, um, but it needs to happen. So that's yeah, and I'll say this, Brian. I I do think some you know some programs do junk mail filtering better than others. So, um, I think really making sure that just because they say they have a junk mail filter, it needs to be one yeah. that yeah. works pretty reliably or can learn pretty quickly. I know some are are much better learning models where they're going to watch you and see. Uh, they're going to try to put some things in spam themselves, but you also are clicking on emails that do show up in your inbox and saying. That's spam that's and that's junk. spam. And it yep. learns from it. It's like, oh, I got it. That's a junk mail. Next time the one like that comes around, I put it straight into junk. So I would yep. I would just add on to that. I want a learning um, mm. intelligent. Yeah, one junk that gets yep. Yep. One that gets better. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you got? All right. Yeah, this is fun. This is good. Okay. I had junk mail filter on my critical list as well. So we're on the same page with that. Okay, just like I mentioned a second ago about how I have to have an email program that allows me to have multiple email accounts, which I will go ahead and say I'm not going to put that as a feature because I think just about any email client program you get will let you add multiple email accounts you may have. But what I need to make sure that there is is a unified inbox for those multiple Mm. email accounts. So here's what we mean by that. And it should be an option if you want it or not. And most all of them allow you to have that option. But what am I mean by a unified inbox? Is let's say you have three email accounts. You have a work one, a personal one, and then just another one that's uh, specific to some other group or service. Yeah. You can go in and add all three of your, those accounts into the same email program. So you can actually check them all in the same program. You can see all the emails from them in the same program. 
but a unified inbox means that you can tell it you want to have an inbox that is going to include all the emails from all three accounts. So that way, if you don't want to have to go and click through each account to see if there's any new mail, you can say, I want a unified inbox. Give me everything in one place. My days, Brian, typically just run together. I don't really have a, okay, I'm at work and I'm just focused on work emails. And now I'm more focused on this kind of emails. And now I'm just going to pay attention to these. My day is kind of all over the place. My nights are kind of all over the place. So I like having everything funnel into one place. I don't miss it. I can see it and I can decide how I want to manage my day from there. Um, So unified inbox, but it has to be a a choice. Can't be forced. Can't be saying that that's the only way you do it. If you wanted to turn off a unified inbox, you could still have your three separate inboxes for your account with no problem. And you, so, and you want both, right? You want the ability to say, well, I'm going to click here and I'm going to look at only this email account so I don't get overwhelmed, but I also want the unified capability. Yeah, that would be ideal. I and do. that's the way I most do. all of the programs I've yep. been using, it will let me do it. Yep. If you see an inbox that has like a sub menu underneath it for one item for each account, if you go to the top level inbox, that's your unified inbox. If you go into each individual sub inbox, that is your different account inboxes. And that, that works really well for me. So uh, unified inbox, but it has to be something that you can choose to do and turn off if you want to. Yep. Yep. Good. I, I totally, totally agree with that one. That has to be in the, uh, in the must haves. Um, let's see. So far our stuff has been fairly, fairly benign, pretty simple. Most email clients I think can satisfy these. Let's see where yep. we're going with this next. Yeah. So I've got, I've got one that, that, is actually uh, it probably in the last few years has been the one factor that has kept me from using certain clients. So this one is one that not every client has. And for me, this is fairly specific, but it's directory addresses and directory access. And what I mean by that is if I'm, if, so I think we've talked about before, I'm with a university and if I'm sending an email to someone that's at that university and I start typing their name, I expect it to search my directory, the university's directory, in order to fill in that address. I do not want to have to go out of my email, do some sort of directory search in my contacts or whatever to try to find this person and then send an email to them. Now, I will tell you, most email programs, they will allow you, they will help you address your email if it's someone that's already sent you an email. So if they're in your email somewhere, you've sent them an email before, they've sent you an email before. If I type in Alan, it fills in all the Alan email addresses that I have and probably lists them out so I can click which one I want to send it to. But one of the things that has kept me from using a number of different email clients is the ability to say, if if I start typing John and I don't have anybody in my email anywhere that, has the name John, but they're in the directory for the company I work for, or they're in, you know, my contacts or something in a different way. It needs to show me all those potential Johns. So uh, I've actually left, you know, being a university person, I've left a number of email clients because what happens is, you know, I have a student in my class, Alan, and I know their name, I know their first name, but they've never emailed me. I've never emailed them. I don't know their email address. And I need to send them a message because I saw them in class and said, hey, I want to do this. Well, I don't want to have to go and search for it. They're part of a directory. If I know their name, I should be able to type it in and be able to have access to that. Apple Mail does that okay. for a Gmail directory. Um, Spark 
did not. Um, Edison Mail did not. Outlook has a Outlook is a, a hybrid. It does not fill it in, but it allows you to click a button that says search directory, and then it goes and search a directory. So there's an extra step, which is a bummer. So you know what I need is I need I need to be able to tell it in the settings somewhere. Please use this directory, whether it's an LDAP directory or something like that, to autofill my uh, my addresses. When I start typing John, I need you to go ahead and tell me all the Johns that I potentially have information for, whether it's directory or not. And uh, and that's a big one. And I know that's very unique to me or to certain organizations. But anybody who works in a big organization. You know, if I work for Intel, right, I would I would suggest that for when I'm on Intel's network, if I'm typing someone that I met in the hallway and Intel has thousands and thousands of employees, I would expect it to try to predict and say, these are all the Johns at I Intel and you can scroll through and find it as opposed to, nope, I don't see any of that in your email. You've got to find the actual email address for John. Um, so to me, that's a big, a big mm -hmm. issue. And pretty much every email client I do, I type in just a random name and try to see, does it fill in student names that potentially might be in the directory? So, so Brian, here's the way I prevent that issue is I make sure I only make friends or acquaintances with a certain number of people with the same first name. So I'm only allowed to have acquaintances with three Johns, for example, if I meet a mm. fourth John, I'm sorry, I'm not going to someone's. Or someone's going to have to get off your Somebody's list. Somebody's going to be bumped off the list. So that way I never mm -hmm. want to look for more than three of the same first name at a time. So I do have yeah. a limit I put on myself in life, and uh, it helps a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. It, it also that actually helps. That helps knowing a, lo a lot about you, right? Why when I don't get a response from you, it's like, oh, he's got three other Brian's. I well, got it. I got look, it. I'm out. I, I kind of made a little bit of an exception for you on Brian's because I do have three other Brian's. And I'll tell you. They're pretty good. Um, I'm just gonna say it's it's a tough competition mm. for which one stay in my top three on Brian's, but um, hmm. I'm letting you hang in there, brother. Okay, You're thanks. In there, just, thanks. You know, Good number three. That's my way step up your game a little bit. And, uh, yeah. Number four is there. right behind me, ready to push me out. You're, you're a bubble, Brian. Is what I'm saying. You're, you're a bubble. <laughs> you can go out at any minute. Oh, um, bubble Brian. Yeah. So Brian, okay. So just so people are really clear on this, because yeah. it's something that I, I personally don't have any experience with. I've sure. never had You're in small with business. You, yep. you don't have that. Right. Yep. Uh, we have our own Gmail or our own Google based uh, contact yep. list on our Google workspace account that we all share. And of course, you know, I mean, my email client, it searches that Google contact list very quickly and easily. Yeah. That's all I use. So we are talking about directories where an organization, I think Brian's at a university, large companies, mm -hmm. larger, large organizations are going to have directories that are searchable and have, you know, could be thousands upon thousands of names that your email client needs to be able to interact with, and pull yep. up as a potential address book, right? Right. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. If you're with a large organization where the directory, they, so think about it this way, the, the email client that you download and say, this is my email, set up my email. It it goes to the server, it pulls down all the emails that are supposed to be associated with your email, right? That's, I mean, you and I, Alan, you and I do this all the time, right? When we try a new email client, we go and say, well, I'm gonna sign in with this address. Oh, look at that, here comes all my emails, okay? All my folders. But it has, many of these do not have any clue 
of all the directory access, the things that are associated with your email account. All right. So I have a company that I work for um, doing some consulting. Well, they have, let's say, 30 or 35 people in their organization. Well, if I go and sign up for their email address or my email address with them, it brings in all my emails. But some clients, when I say send a new message to John, it's going to only look in my emails that I have, those in the folders, those in the mm-hmm. trash, those in the I inbox see. and say, I see. here's the John's. Well, that's not what I want, right? I want the John that I actually have never sent an email to, but yeah. I saw him on a meeting gotcha. and I know he's in a organization. So I need it to search the directory. And it's, it's interesting how some clients do it and some clients do not. Obviously, they're connected in the same the same situation. Uh, they're, say, they're the same uh account information is going in, but yet some of them will search a directory. Some of them will not. So, okay. so directory as directory addresses. And, and by the way, when you, when you start typing in John, I want it to show me at the top, all the entries that are John's that are in my contacts. And then below say, and directory, by the wow. way, you can give, you can scroll down here and go further and find all the John's you've never emailed before, but are in your directory. That's Those, okay. that's the ideal. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't get in. It doesn't bother me. I can get the ones that it thinks yeah. I want to email, but allows me to still Good. get there without clicking. So perfect. Love it. That is a guarantee. Not, it has to happen. So for that's me. fine. Now, I'll just say to that app developer out there listening to this, that's going to make this email program. Look, OK, that Brian just needs that. I don't need that. If that's a if that's a if that's a if that's a game changer, if that's a if that's going to roadblock, that's a roadblock. Yep. Just bypass Brian. Yeah. You're making an app for me, and I'll be perfectly happy. I don't need this. Thanks. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna block. People. I'm gonna block you on some of yours. So go ahead. Go ahead. J- jump in. What do you got next? All right. Next, I have uh, the big one for me. Even though these other three that mm. we've talked about are actually more important, this is still that feature that will that I have to have, and it's one unfortunately that trips me up in different email clients I try to use, and it is snooze. Talk about snooze. Snooze is my is my it's my soapbox. It's my thing I have to get on and talk about. I have trained myself to rely on snooze. Is snooze the best way to handle your email? No, it's probably not. Is it a crutch that you rely on and you get used to and it kind of makes you forget about things that you should be prioritizing? Yeah, absolutely. Does it make you not focus on responding to emails as quickly as you could? Yes, it does all those things. It is bad. It is like the uh you know, it's like uh, eating something sugar before you go to bed. You're not supposed to do it, <laughs> but I need it. I have to have it. Um, so the idea with Snooze, just so everybody's clear on this, when it, when a message comes in your inbox, if it is something that you do not need to, you don't feel like you need to address at that time, you don't need to deal with, you'd rather it not sit in your inbox and take up space on your inbox right now. If it's not something you're even going to worry about until this weekend or something you don't don't even need to look at till then. The idea with the snooze is you click a button, say you want to snooze that email and say snooze it till this weekend. And then come this weekend, you open up your email program and boom, that snoozed email reappears back in your inbox at the top. Um, so once you snooze it, it disappears from your inbox temporarily. Comes back in at the time you tell it you want to deal with it. I live by this. This is really critical for me. And more importantly than just, just the snooze feature itself is I need to have customizable days and times for those snoozing. So mm-hmm. by default, yeah. a lot of email programs will say, 
hey, you can snooze it to later today, which might be like three hours later. You can snooze it till tomorrow morning. You can snooze it till this weekend. I want to be able to also have an option, which most do, of saying, let me put in an exact date and time. Like I know that I've got a meeting. Let's say I've got a meeting tomorrow at noon that I need to uh, get some documents together for before the meeting. Somebody sent me those documents by email. I don't need to see those until my meeting tomorrow. Okay. And, so and given meeting, your, given your preparation, probably what 1155. Right. Is Five minutes before those. I'm yeah. ready to go. Mm-hmm. So right. I can say snooze it to 1155 AM tomorrow. So that yep. means I don't have to deal with it until 1155. Boom. It pops up at the top of my email. I'm like, Oh yeah, I got a meeting in five minutes. Here's the documents I need. Perfect. Open them up, deal with them. I'm done. Yeah. So I need customizable dates and times along with some presets. You know, uh, you can go and say, well, what is tomorrow morning? Is that seven o'clock for you? Is that eight o'clock? Setting those standards so you have some quick um, snooze options, but also you could customize a very specific date and time. So again, snoozing is critical. Um, it is the reason why I can't use Edison Mail right now um, hmm. on the desktop. As much as I like everything else about that app, I can't use it until they have a snooze on the desktop version. Um, I can't use Apple mail. Um, they do have add-ons for Apple mail that will allow you to do snoozing. You can pl- buy a plugin to add to Apple mail that will give you snoozing, but it doesn't happen on the mobile version of Apple. Mail, right. Which right. is why going back to point number one up top. Yes. It violates the cross platform functionality. So, um, and I, and so I was going to bring that up. I, I, I'm with you. I love snooze, but I don't use it. The yep. only reason I don't use it is because I keep bouncing between email clients trying to find yep. the perfect one. And if my desktop and my mobile are not synced, I will not use snooze. So I have not taught myself to use snooze. I mean, I love it yeah. when I do it, right? It makes total sense. It's, it allows you to go to inbox zero, which of course I know is the Zen thing or always leaving your work every day with no, in, in, no emails in your inbox. They're either foldered, snoozed, or dealt with, right? I would love that. I would love that. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that would be snoozing for me. Uh, but I'm just not to the point where I have locked in on one that I know I can use it with. So you don't that will work with the iOS yeah. That's right. right. You need a reliable pl- cross-platform uh, version that you can settle on and say, this is the, this is going to work. And then Correct. you can probably jump back in the snooze world. Well, yep. Brian, I've talked about my woes with Spark. As much as I love Spark, mm-hmm. it is the email program I'm still using day to day today until another better option comes around. Um, it, it does great snoozing, all the capabilities and features. It's doing everything we've talked about up here so far. But it's the problem where they have a bug in the version of Spark that I'm using where I still have to go check my snooze folder because <laughs> some email I snoozed has been automatically changed to just snoozing until someday, which means that's your generic, like, I'm just going to put it aside and it's never going to come back in my inbox unless I go and bring it back in, yeah. which is not the way it's ought to work. If I've got an email that I need to have come up tomorrow and it doesn't, that's a problem. So. Now that's, that's the I'm, fear people have right. with snooze, right? Mm-hmm. Is that oh, if yeah. I snooze it, it goes out of my view and I don't think about it and it better not have a mess up where it gets lost, right? Because I'm trusting that it's going to come back at the right time. So yeah, that's a horrible bug. That's an absolutely horrible bug. If that, if that has let me, a Let me show like you that. just something here, Brian, really quick. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to 
share my screen for a second. I just want to show you what I'm talking about here because I can share this uh, window. All right. So this is a, uh, this is my spark email. Okay. I've got my inbox. I've got all my email accounts. You see over here to the side, I got a unified inbox, which is really nice for them. I can go back and do here's my snoozed folder. These are the items that I have chosen to snooze. And if I go and look, there are two emails right up here that are snoozed for someday. I did not make them Sunday. In fact, mm. this one, an interview with the local paper is tomorrow at one o'clock. I know this and I know I set the email to snooze until 12 o'clock tomorrow so that it would remind me to prep for that call an hour before. Hmm. But now it is set to someday. So if I did not remember that phone call tomorrow or I saw it pop up on my calendar, but this email doesn't show up in my inbox, I did not get the email to remind me to prep for it. So this right. is the fear and this is why I have to either find a fix or get another email program. Because everything else is perfect with this email program. Just that is my that is my hang up right there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Can I can I just ask you real quick? Is it um do you have any idea whether there's a trend of only from the mobile when you snooze it or only from the desktop when you snooze it that it becomes someday? I have no, not found any random. commonalities to it at all. No. Wow. So again, snooze is yeah, great. I mean that and that that right. makes it completely useless. It does. If you if you can't guarantee it, unless you're setting yourself a normal reminder of every day, please check my snooze to make sure it's the right thing. That makes no sense. So yeah. So yeah, anyway, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Snooze is critical for me, but it's also the thing yep. that gets me the most with with clients. That's why I can't use yep. Apple Mail as much as I love the Apple Mail native client. That's why I can't use uh, Edison Mail as excited as you got me about Edison Mail a couple of weeks ago. I can't use it. Um, yeah. So got to have it. All right, that's snoozing. Brian, what well, have you got next? Yeah, so this this one I think is also somewhat obvious, uh, but I'm going to give it a caveat that isn't as obvious and isn't necessarily the case with all clients. Um, and it's the the layout. Okay, layout to me is really, really important with an email client. So Alan, if you look down at my notes, down at desktop only, I have, and this is mainly desktop because mobile really only has one layout that most of them use, right? A kind of mm -hmm. one screen. But for desktop, I think the layout is incredibly important. I'm a big fan of side-by-side, -side, the inboxes or the, the mailboxes and the uh, message, right? But also what's really important and what has had me leave a number of desktop email clients is so I really need visually to easily be able to see what's a new message and what's not a new message. And there are a number of email clients where that's not that easy. When you're looking very quickly at your list, I want it to pop out super, super easy, like highlighted. These are the new messages that you haven't looked at yet. And these are the old ones because I don't have inbox zero. I'm not someone that always has nothing in your email and that I'm dealing with it all the time. And this sounds really easy. Um, but if you look at different email clients, some of them put a dot next to it if it's new, but the dot mm -hmm. isn't that visible and easy to see. Or some of them might bold it, but the bold lettering doesn't look much different than the non-bold. Yeah. What I want is a list in which they are literally highlighted, like maybe you know a light yellow of all the emails in the email list that are still new. I want it super clear that that's new and I can look at it and go, oh, I have new ones that I need to, to work with. Um, for me, it's... Mm -hmm. it's it's critical that I must have a very clear understanding of 
what's new, what's not, what's been dealt with, what's not been dealt with, right? What's still ready to be going. Now, may this go away as a concern when I get a good snooze option and I start using that? Maybe, right? But currently, no, right? I've got lots of emails in my inbox and they're still there to be dealt with. Um, But there are some that I need to be able to clearly see that it's new uh, versus not being new. So, Mm. So to me, it's layout and making sure visually things are um, easily seen and easily understood when you view them. So, and and I'm not going to go into much more detail of it because I think there's lots of ways that it can happen, but this has been something that has kept me, that has allowed me to, or forced me to leave certain email clients. It's like, no, it's just hard to, it's hard to, to visually see it. And now I will say I'm I'm on dark mode on my computer. So everything's black uh, when it comes up as an email client so maybe that's where some of this comes in is that on maybe a light mode, I might see it a little bit more clear, but uh, I need something that highlights things very clearly to say, this is, this is a new message. This has not been read yet. So that I don't have to look for small dots or I don't have to look for yeah. bold, which bold doesn't stand out all the time. So I can see that yep. I'm with you on the side, this side by side layout. Uh, yep. I know some email clients have really tried to push for a, a different type of layout uh, with newer versions, um, not been a fan. I still need that, you know, sidebar yep. with all the emails in a certain inbox and then clicking on one and seeing it in the panel off to the side on the right-hand side. I need that layout. That just works better for me. Yep. I think it's more yep. intuitive. Um, I admire anybody who wants to try a different layout for email, but ultimately at the end of the day, it still needs to come back to that. I don't have as much of an issue with the clear highlighting. Those seem to pop out okay for me, but with different email clients, I'm sure there are probably more challenges yep. there for, for yep. standing out. So, yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to bring up one here. I'm almost at the end of my have to have your have to have some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, templates. Hmm. So I have talked about templates before as well. Templates are an idea that you craft a form of an email. Like let's say you have a certain block of text or a couple paragraphs or a certain uh, uh, way you start a, a, an email or maybe even a consistent subject line that you always want to have. And you want to have these templates ready at your disposal. So if you've got like a form letter, let's say if, uh, you know, somebody emails you and you always find yourself writing the same exact response to people, what's great is have a template and say, okay, just pull up my template window, choose the template I want to create a new message from and boom, then I can just go in and fill in the specifics. Um, Some templates I use actually spark has really good templates. Uh, I use, I can actually go ahead and pre-populate who, what email addresses are in the to or carbon copy field if I needed to in a template. So honestly, I could truly just say, hit a new message with that template, maybe just have to change one piece of text somewhere in the email and boom, I send it and it's ready to go. And, uh, you know, for anything you do repetitive, you find yourself writing the same message on a regular basis or on demand. Templates are just great because in the before templates, you had to go back and find an email you'd already sent that had that information, yeah. copy it, paste it in a <clears> new email, and then go and customize it. Templates make it so nice and easy. And it may be a little more specific for me than it is for more p- other people. But for me, it is a, I got to have it. Uh, templates is the reason I cannot use Outlook on the Mac, which is, I like. Uh, it's really good. But uh, it doesn't have a good template-based system. Mm. You have to kind of like create templates as files on your computer that you then kind of oh, go and bring load them up. up these files and all that. And yeah, 
that just that that wasn't going to work for me. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so templates I, I need to have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so what I'm what I'm hearing, Alan, is you've got uh, snoozing and mm-hmm. templates. Mm-hmm. both ways in which you really don't have to do a lot of work. And if exactly. you don't want to deal with someone, you want it later. Yep. And then templates is you just don't want to have to actually write a full email to someone. Is that kind of what I'm getting, what I'm no, getting you're right. here? And actually okay. I'll go even, let me just throw in one more to kind of uh, put a, put a button on this. Um, yeah. Let's go ahead and have a block certain uh, domains or people altogether. So uh, the idea here is that if there is a domain and what we mean by domain is a, uh, uh, something like at apple.com or at yeah. microsoft.com or at yahoo.com. Those are domain names. It could be the name of a business. It could be the name of whatever. If there are some domains, especially like some companies that I've always trying to hit me up for business or trying to sell me things. And I, you know, I, I can do a whole filter where I say, well, anytime you see somebody from this email address, go ahead and put them in spam or whatever. But there's some features sometimes where you just say, just block a domain altogether. I want anything coming from this domain. Just block it. Just I don't even want to get it, especially junk mail stuff. Just block it altogether. I'm going to take that back off, Brian, because that's actually not one of my top key features. Yeah, I was going to say, what if that's, yeah. I only brought it up because it kind of played off what you're saying about how lazy yeah. I am. And I just don't want to talk to people. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'll take it off. It's not that critical. So. Yeah. Well, I, I going back to you templates. I don't. I don't use. I don't use mm-hmm. templates. Uh, I okay. should use templates. I find myself repeating the same thing over and over and over. Um, it's not. It, it's very similar to snooze. I just haven't found a good method for it yet. And mm-hmm. and until I do, I probably won't use it often. Yeah, Alan, can you just tell me with templates? Is it simply you pulling up the template that has? everything there except maybe blanks where you're going to go and type certain things because you added a blank. Mm -hmm. Because I tell you what I would really like is I would like an email client where the template actually becomes a form. So for example, I pull up a template and on a sidebar, it comes and says, here are the blanks you need to fill in. It's like, it's like a form say, fill in the name, fill in this, fill in this. And it does all those things before it sends it. Because if it yeah. requires me to search through the email and remember where the areas are that I need to fill out, I tend to screw that up. I tend to get in a rush and I tend to mess it up. But if there was like a mail merge, almost a mail merge version of a template where I could say, this is an email that I send to clients and mm-hmm. it, and there are five blanks in here that I need to fill in and I need to make sure I don't not lazy and don't get them all, but it will ask me questions of those five and fill them yeah. in for me. That's what I would love to have. That's cool. Not as, I mean, that's, that is the ultimate lazy. If you want to yep. talk about lazy, Brian, that's it. Well, that's, um, that's, did, uh, that's efficient. detailed, efficient yeah. and detailed, making sure that it happens. Yeah. You know, this is the way templates are handled in spark, which is what I'm currently using. They're very similar to other apps, but these are all templates on the left-hand side. These are uh, emails I send out on a monthly or quarterly basis to a batch of number of people, but each one's different. So I can't just go in and put everybody's email address into a blind carbon copy and send it out. I have to actually go in and personalize each one. But what I can do is when I create a new email, I can pull down from menu and say, I want to use this template. That template's already got carbon copy addresses. It's got the subject line and it's got the text. I just have to go in and put in the two, like, who is it going to? I just drop in a new email address, hit send and send it. And that's it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or I, actually, I do have to like copy in a file, like attach a file to it. But that's yeah. it. I just put in a two and I attach a file and I hit send. So it's super easy at that point. Uh, what so you're not you're not personalizing that thing at all. Mm. Yeah, not that not that particular one. Now you can have a template yeah. where you do personalize parts of it, but this one and that's what I that's what I want. I want the yeah. one. I understand that part and that yeah. what you just showed me. That's great. If you got the same email at same page, you're just basically redoing it every once in a while. But you know, if I wanted to actually look as though I give a damn and address them by name uh, or whatever. You know how mail merges tend to have the name and block quote that, you know, if I grab the name, I wanted to pull up a, a little sidebar that says, okay, in order to send this, I need to know this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and I need to to point to the, uh, the uh, attachment that I know you're going to put in this. If you did that on the yeah. side and it said, we will not send it until you filled out these things because I don't want you to look like an idiot and for to have a blank or to have something else, boy, that would be fantastic. So I'm going to say in here, um, like a uh, like a like an uh, automatic uh, template wizard. Mm, yep, some sort, right? Yeah. So now we're going ideal. from maybe the required to the ideal, like the yep. aspirational, yep. right? Yeah. Sure. Yep. So far, Brian, on our list, I know we got a couple more to bring up. I, I, I'm going to do this because there are two items here that I think are a little more unique to us, each of us individually. What I'm seeing so far is I've got six items up there that I think are universal between the two of us that we both need to have and want to have. Um, so far, so good. Okay. And then we got yeah. one feature that's a little more unique or a little more specific with each of us, um, but still critical for each of us to have in the email program. So what uh, what else do you have? Do you have something hmm. else? On a critical uh, kind of have-to-have list? Critical. Well, okay. I'm going to give one more because this has also led me to drop a number of clients is the search feature has to be effective. And by effective, I mean, if you type, if I type in a person's name, I expect to see every email in which that person's name is mentioned, every email from that person, every email I sent to that person, and hopefully the ability to search or to filter based on those like, Oh no, show me only emails from that person. And I expect it to search all of my email accounts, even the trash. And I tell you the number of clients that don't do this well, spark does not do it. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Edison mail did not do it. Well, mm-hmm. uh, outlook has not done it incredibly well. Uh, but I need the search feature to be because I do this a lot, right? I have a lot of, email folders where I store things away and say, you know, I might need to get that one later, but I don't know where they are. I have lots of folders. Maybe I need to do a quick search that says, you know, John, and I expect it to then quickly go through and say, all right, are you looking for this, John? And if so, Mm. we will search emails. We will search calendar events. We will search blah, 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 everything that's attached to it. And I tell you, they just do not do it well, or they don't allow you to train the search. To me, that's the other thing. Search is something that's probably fairly personal that, you know, you have a way of searching that you expect it to show up versus me. You should be able to train it and say, this is what I mean when I search for something. I want everything that I've sent to a person or everything I've sent from a person, uh, come from a person. Or, you know, if it's a word, I want you to tell me all the emails that it came listed in a subject only or, you know, body. A lot of the search features are just really, really bad. and. Um, and again, I know it's because it's personal, but there needs to be personalization that can happen within a search uh, a search engine. 
So unfortunately, the the one email delivery system that does the best job with search like that is Google's on the Gmail yep. interface. Yep. Google's got the search down pat. That yep. is the one thing that I did does tempt me every once in a while to use that Gmail interface because I know the searching is just rock solid. Um, by yeah. typing a person's name, it is fast. It is quick. It is, yep, here's everybody, every instance of that name, and we think it's organized in a way that's meaningful for you. Um, it's great. You're right. Spark and Edison Mail, the two I've been experimenting with, are not great on the on searching at all. Nope. And I find myself searching a lot. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I'll put in a search and I'll hit return and some results pop up. But then if you sit and wait for a little while longer, some more results pop up. So it's like, okay, well, when, when do I have all the results? (laughs) You know, I need to know that because I don't want to go ahead and start reacting to the first group you're sending me if there's others that are going to come. So it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of work that can be done on the searching for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. What, um, are we missing anything got, on your list of critical? Okay, critical, uh, not really. There okay. are there okay. is one item I've got that I feel like is nowadays kind of a have to have thing. Okay, um, that I think you've got as well. Like yeah, I've stuff. still. I mean, I've still got a lot of things that are going to be distinctive factors as why I might love one email client over another. Well, so I think that the next thing needs to be like okay, beyond you know, everything we have listed there, if that doesn't, if it doesn't have those things, I'm not going to use it at all. Now the issue is what's going to get me to choose one over another one, right? Okay. Well then here's one feature I'm going to throw up here that I feel like nowadays is still pretty, pretty critical and it's integration with other apps. Hmm. Now this list of apps I've got are ones that are good for me, but they, you know, could be other apps other people use. But having the ability to integrate some of the best email clients I've played around with, um, you know, may link up to your Zoom account. So that way, if you, um, it knows to automatically translate Zoom invitations into Zoom events and you can have a one click button that just sends you right to the Zoom call directly. Um, that's great integration. That's some nice features to build in. GTM is go to meeting. So if people use go to meeting or something instead of Zoom. Asana is a project management tool I use. I talked about on a, as a bits a while back mm-hmm. and uh, some great email clients will integrate with Asana and say, Hey, I can turn this email into a task or a project item on a Asana project with one click. So whether it's those apps or others, to me, the integration with other apps, I think is kind of a, it's not as critical as the ones above it. That's why I've got it kind of late in the list there, but it is something that I kind of expect nowadays with any modern email client. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, I, I don't use it in all the clients. It's certainly not going to keep me from using a client, but when yeah. it has it, it does open up lots of opportunities yeah. for uh, why it's, yeah. it okay, could be well, useful. Let, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to, you're right. It is something that, you know, if I found every, if I found an email client that did all the things above really mm-hmm. good, but it didn't integrate with other apps, I'd be, that's okay. I can, I can make yeah. do with it. I can make yeah. it work. So, so I'm going to change a little bit and I'm going to actually make this kind of, uh, kind of our ideal features. Okay. Kind of a, and we'll just do a quick hit list of just some things that would sure. be nice. Don't want to spend a lot of time on it. We're already at our hour, Brian, but uh, let's oh, God. let's kind of just throw out kind of a quick hit list of things that would be really nice to have in an email okay. client. Even then knowing everything above this list up there is things that are 
pretty much we got to have. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna list one, Alan, that I think uh, I don't think you. I think you mentioned it's not as important to you, but I have become a huge fan of a an automatic um, an automatic uh, filtering of emails in the inbox for like focused versus other emails. Yeah, and I know that no, kind of can come back to the junk piece, but I'm not talking about junk. I don't want it to get rid of certain things for me. I want it to filter out the ones that it thinks are really important to look at and see. And the ones that are are you want to keep, but are uh, do not need to be in front of you right now. So newsletters and things like that. Spark does a great job of kind of separating things by newsletters and by you know people and that. Uh, Outlook does a great job of focused versus other. Um, Edison Mail does a good job of saying focused. Uh, I think the focus is what the term they use. So when they do that, it's in automatically sorting through your emails to sh- to to move the ones that it thinks you need to see from from people that you know in your contacts, and then the others that are usually newsletters, uh, things that it thinks are probably not that urgent. So I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I had focused inbox as one of my or inbox organization as one of my options. Same idea. Say, look, if I know something, if some, if it knows something is a newsletter, put it in the newsletter category. And so that way it doesn't clutter up my inbox with actual emails I need to read and respond to. And I can tab over to the newsletters and read those as I need to at my leisure. I do that. Like you said, I don't want them thrown away. I don't want them deleted or spammed or anything. I just need them set aside into a different category um, of my inbox. Yeah. Yep. Um, I agree. I love it. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Not a, not a deal breaker, not a have to yeah. have, but it, it's really nice if that feature is in there to work with. Well, and can um, I follow up real quick, Alan? Because yep, there sure. are variations of this. So Edison Mail, which I actually found since the last time we talked, I use, I, I use Edison Mail for mobile, not for desktop, until about a couple of days ago, and then I gave up on it. But here's, one, here's the reason why I gave up on it. It does a nice job of the focus versus non- but this is a little glitch, Alan. So if I go into that email client on mobile and I click on the other just to see what those other things are, get rid of the email, or get go to another app, come back, it's still on other. And now that's a small thing, but for something like Outlook, when I co- every time I come back, it always reverts back to focused. And it wants to show yeah. you these are the important uh, ones. Let the other yeah. be the, the click, right? I don't want it to default to the other just because I left last time with other. Small thing, but it became so frustrating, required extra clicks. When I'm on mobile, I'm always looking for what email client is going to require the fewest clicks to get done mm-hmm. what I want to get done. Yeah, And I tell you that uh, that extra click is maddening. So yeah, so there's a there's an easy, simple thing that led me away from a particular client. So okay. just so, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right. Um, what do you got? I'm going to do two really simple ones. These are just minor cosmetic things, but they do mean a, a big deal to me. They they help me with my email management. Um, I'll put them up here again. Not not have to have, but would be really nice to have. Color coding the emails of some sort in my inbox with that unified inbox. So if I've got my six different email accounts, if I can set a color and say all the ones from my film society email account color, have those kind of tinted or maybe a color bar on the side. Yeah. It shows me that, Oh, Hey, these are all for that account. 
My personal ones are green. My work ones are blue, you know, whatever it may be. So I can quickly view and see those like at a glance if I've got a unified inbox. I love that. And then having the option to turn on avatars. And by that, I mean either photos or images or, you know, if it's connecting with my address book and my address book has a photo of that person and that person sends me an email, if I were to have that little image of them to the left of that inbox emails that comes in as an option. For me, sometimes visually, it's a lot easier. I can see when something's coming from a company or versus a person I know, or if it's not someone I know, it's going to have a generic little icon there, which means oh, I've never interacted with them before. Or I don't know them very well. It's, it's nice. Again, it's not a deal breaker. I've used email programs that don't have them and it's fine, but I really do like it when they let you turn on avatars if you want to. It takes up real estate on the screen. Yeah. I realize it's yeah. not for everybody, but something about visually being, I'm like, I'm looking at my inbox right now and I can visually see like FedEx sent me an email. Well, I've got the little FedEx icon that yep. shows up next yep. to there. I'm able to see that right away. Patreon. I see its icon. I see a YouTube I do icon. Love that. I'm like, I got it. I, I see these emails visually and it helps me identify if there's anything really important going on there. I need to pay attention to. So, so that's kind of two cosmetic things. They're not, they're not critical, but they are nice to have for just digesting your inbox when you've got a lot of emails to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I agree with you. That's I like that. Really, that's really all I've got on my kind of, I have one big last item I'll bring up in a minute. It's my future dream option, but I don't okay. think it exists. Um, well, I have, do you have anything let, else? Yeah. Let me, let me do two things. One sure. um, is a mobile only. Okay. And this has also led me to, so right now, I think Alan, I've talked to you in the past that Outlook, Outlook on mobile to me is still the best mobile email application there is, or at least for my use. It does everything okay. that I want. The one thing <laughs> that Outlook from mobile does that it really frustrates me, okay? And it has to do with two my two features here. One, I think that a mobile app should almost always be the important things like the buttons that you're going to use need to be one hand accessible. The bigger the phone gets, right? I should not have to put my other hand up there to touch another corner. I need to be able to do it with my thumb for one handed, right? So I'll tell you, I love, I love Outlook and how I can from one hand, if I'm looking at a, uh, a list of emails, and if I just click and hold on an email, it automatically selects that email and makes a check mark next to it, which means I can then go and click on any others to select lots of different emails at once to be able to delete them. The problem is when I do the selection, and let's say I've selected you know five that are all in right there, and I go, I don't want to look at those. Click, 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 and I want to delete them. The delete button is all the way at the top. Wow. Yeah. If they would have hit the delete button at the bottom, like Edison Mail does and some of the others, if that delete button would have been right there, I could do everything with one hand. I could select several and delete without having to deal, or not just delete, move them, right? If I want to move them all to one folder, or I want to archive them, they missed out on one piece, right? And having that that you know uh, trash can down low so that you could do it with your thumb when you're selecting these things. So that's one, is if it's on mobile, they really need to focus on one hand, one hand use, right? So you can see it, swipe it, select it, delete it, all these things with, you know, one hand rather than having to reach across. Cause as the phones get bigger, 
you need two hands for a lot of these things if there are important issues on the top side of the the phone. Sure. Okay. Agree. So yeah. I'm going to give you one more thing, Alan. And now this one, I'm going to do a little show and tell, if you don't mind. Let me just show you really quickly. I'm going to share my screen if oh, you yep. don't mind. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I found it the other day. Incredibly interesting. Okay. So the other thing that I'm going to mention just as, as a aspirational piece is the AI ing- integration in mm. using artificial intelligence to help you with your emails. <laughs> Okay. So Alan, I think I told you about one of them, which was, you know, Canary email is one that would actually help you send your email. So if you told it, I'm going to shorthand that I want to send Alan, no, listen, I don't want to do that. It will then, it will change that into Alan, comma, I really don't want to do that. How about we find some other way to do it, you know, from Brian, right? It kind of fills some of those things in. But then let me show you one that, and this is, this is incredibly cool, and I hope others will do this. All right, so Alan, I'm in, uh, I'm in Edison Mail, okay? So Edison okay. Mail is the one that we said we would not use because it doesn't have the snooze, right? On desktop. So what I'm going to do here is, oh, shoot. Uh, it's going to start with a new window. Hold on a second. Um, it's a pop-out window. Let me see if it will... Nope, not a pop-out. So I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to share a different form of the screen because it's going to do a pop out here because this is actually incredibly interesting. Okay, Alan, here's share that for me. So, so this is a pop out window. This is a new, a new message. Okay. Okay. So I just typed that I'm going to do a message. Watch this. So I'm going to, I'm going to send it to you. Um, Jackson. So let's just do it. My, to you. There's my your your, uh, your your emails. All my email addresses. Great. So I'm going to send it to that one, right? I'm going to say the subject. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Blah. Now watch this. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. See the attached uh, document uh, for more info. Okay. Send. Okay, now you're not seeing a pop-up right now, unfortunately, because of the share screen. The pop-up yeah. came up and said, are you sure you want to send this without an attachment? Uh-huh. Because I mentioned the word attach. Sure, right. <laughs> because okay, my, my, my email said somewhere, see the doc or see yeah. the attachment. And it automatically comes up and says, <clears throat> you didn't attach anything. Oh, hmm. How okay. brilliant that is, yeah, right? Because nice, right yeah. away, the, some, the number of times I've sent an email that says, see the attached document, I send it and then go have to follow up and go, by the way, here's the attachment, right? That I meant mm-hmm. to send. Right, sure. Uh, see, that's an AI integration. That's artificial intelligence basically looking into your email saying, is there something you meant to do, right? Because you mentioned the word attach somewhere or you mentioned mm-hmm. the word file or you mentioned the word, you know, that you're going to do something. So, I just wanted to to mention that to me is where email can become incredibly useful and efficient when AI starts to build in and says, hey, listen, for example, a lot of the emails, Google does a great job of this and says, I see that you have a receipt for Travelocity and it looks like you're going to be traveling on this day. Should we go ahead and put it in your calendar? Mm-hmm. I love that, right? Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the AI integration of some of these things, but Seeing something as as like asks, that, as long as it asks, it doesn't it automatically ask. do. Correct. That's the key. Right. It's got to ask you. Yep. But yep. as long as it's asking you the questions, I'm all for it. 
Yep. It's like, did you yeah. want to send any, did you want to add an attachment? Like, no, actually I didn't. No. So I mentioned att- attache, right. Or something. And you thought it was attachment. But... I, I deliberately want to frustrate the person I'm sending it to <laughs> yeah. and tell them there's an attachment and not attach it. And right. then when they write back and ask, did you send the attachment? I say, yeah, I did. Why did you, did you not get it? Your email program must suck because you, you don't have your attachment. Um, so I'm going to, so I'm going to mention it. I'm going to put AI integration as a, ideal thing to include and you can just maybe put in parentheses as long as you ask (laughs) as long as you confirm i I took down the list the list is now too long to put on the screen so i'm I'm just fine we're good we had our list set up here's my ideal feature again i do not think it exists in a pure form anywhere but it is my goal knowing how much time i spend in email and i want i need in my life one centralized location for all messaging to happen in my life because right now I've got email, I've got messages, which is, you know, Apple, iOS, text chat, whatever. There's Twitter where I get direct messages. Sometimes I need to respond yeah. to there's Facebook messenger. I need to respond to sometimes there's LinkedIn messages. I have to respond to. Okay. And they're all in different places. What I really want is a one singular shop to say, I can tap into all of those other communication places and have any direct messages come into my inbox as messages maybe they're filtered separately as like social messages and that's fine but if i were to look at them and respond it would then pass my response back out to that service and post it as a response that's my dream that is where did you come up with that dream ellen i think you might have mentioned it and Uh, ever since you mentioned it it's all i can think about (laughs) there there are two things that i've done in these years that we've been together that I i can consider brilliant one is bits and the other one is the mention of a no, ever unified since you communication that, I'm like, application. I'm like, oh my gosh, why is this not, not exist? perfect? It is not perfect. I, I, I look. I could right now. I could say, Alan. I could type in Alan Jackson. I've got little red dots yeah, yeah, yeah. all over these places. Okay, yep. Slack, Facebook, Twitter, Messenger, all that I'm supposed to respond to. All these things I'm supposed yep. to go and look to and respond to separately. Funnel them all into one inbox. Let me respond to it. Just like I type an email, hit send. And yep. when I send it, it replies it on Twitter or it replies it on Facebook messenger or whatever. I don't care. How about I, because of that, how about you have a universal keystroke on your computer, you know, uh, control command in, which just pulls up a new message. And then you get to decide how am I sending this message? And then you type in the person's name. So I type in Alan and I go, Hey, mm. cool. Facebook messenger or LinkedIn or yeah. Asana. It just, it it just has seems to like integrate with the directory of those services. Totally. Yeah. It's um, like I, I pull up Alan's name and I say LinkedIn and he goes, Oh, well I have Alan on LinkedIn. Here you go. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead and send it. Asana. I have Alan on Asana. Here we go. Do you yeah. want to do it? It just seems like communication can be handled the same way on all of them. Some of them the have signatures. Is, some yeah. of them don't have signatures. It doesn't right. matter. Right. It's just a one-stop communications app. What if I said yeah. also could be a text message, also could be a uh, a voicemail uh, type type to voice yeah. thing. It's like I, I could communicate with one location and reach all those people. I think it'd but be look, amazing. I think you may have mentioned when we when you brought this up a long time ago. We know why this doesn't happen. Of course, um, they because have then app, right then I would have very little reason to ever go on to Facebook. Right. Then I would have very little reason to ever go to Twitter. 
if I knew I could actually send and receive messages, direct messages from this one mailbox app, then I won't go to those social apps. And if I don't go to the social apps, they don't get to sell ads and gain engagement or anything else. So that's why it doesn't happen. And I get it. But there's... And if it it did happen, someone would be doing it kind of on the, you know... on the down on the outskirts on the yeah Yeah. exactly and it would get taken down after six months and we'd have to rebuild it and all of that but i will say this and i don't want to say too loudly i don't want to say too loudly to 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 get anybody ideas but i would i would pay a monthly fee oh there's no to have that kind of feature there's no question yeah no question if i were paying and that money could somehow go back part of it to Twitter, part of it to Facebook. If they license out their ability to have that unified mailbox, I'll pay. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. a lot of other people would pay too. So that's, that is now my dream goal. You've put it in yeah. my head. It's like that little earworm. It just kind of sits back here in my head. Every time when I just mm-hmm. have a quiet moment, it's like, Hey, wouldn't it be great if all your messages came in one place? I'm like, yes, it would. So Thank in that earwig, is that, is that my voice? Are no, you hearing my voice? Well, okay. No, I yeah, have a much that would be more annoying, pleasant. Right? I have a much more pleasant voice that reads <laughs> things to me in my head. So, uh, yeah, I'm telling so, you, you're right. You're you're exactly right. That is the dream, the ideal, to find a way where communication. You do not have to figure out which app did you send me. Where do I need to go and look in that app to find your info? Now, I will say you mentioned Facebook, but you know the fact that they have Messenger as a separate app. It helps. Kind of tells bit. you that. Listen. You know, they don't mind you maybe being in another app to get you communicating. Yeah, they just want to they just want it connected. They just want it connected yeah. so that you know they know anything you click on there probably goes back to Facebook. Making but. Messenger separate app does help a little bit. I don't feel like I, I can yeah. actually hop into Messenger and respond to somebody. Not I feel like I'm sucked into with Facebook. Crap. Right. Um but man, it would just be so nice. So yeah. back up on the screen, perfect email program we've got. Uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven critical features that we both share and say, yes, mm-hmm. the, it has to have these seven. And then there's a feature I've got is critical and a feature Brian's got is critical that we feel like, you know, to make our perfect email, we got to have. But then we have another five features at the bottom that are um, nice to haves, not critical. Although it would really have given the choice of choosing between a couple different email programs. These are going to be the things that are going to make us say, you know, which one do we go with? Uh, it really would sweeten the deal on an email yeah. program for sure. Several of them are just cosmetics or just layout options too. Um, and the integration, the thing we mentioned at the top is it's kind of a broad category. I know it can't integrate with every application out there and every service, but you know, if it could integrate no, with some of the more popular it, ones, it does sure. make it nice. Sure. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, Brian, and then so, and then um, the uh, the AI. You didn't include my AI at the end, but yes, I'd like to include well, AI I, I as being my, a number of different things. You you said AI. I said the whole unified uh, message program. Oh, sure, that's okay. our aspirational. That's aspirational. our two aspirational okay. things. I, okay. Look, I don't want to bog down anybody that's listening. I don't want to bog down your development cycle on making this app just to <laughs> include those other two features. Okay, if you can't do AI and you can't do the integration with every social media network in the world. Don't let that slow you down. Let's just get these other things done and made into a nice app. Okay. Um, Got it. Real yeah. quick, Brian Canary Canary mail. You mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. I know this mm-hmm. is, I probably should handle this offline, but what was the deal? What's the deal breaker on Canary mail? Cause I know I've used it before. Yeah. I know I've yep. tried it. 
I'm trying to figure it's out a, what it was that broke on that one. What, well, what for did one, work? for one, I think it's a paid email. Oh, is it? So it's twenty dollars a year, which is not that bad, oh, right? If you okay. if you like oh. what it is, it's twenty dollars a year or right. sixty dollars for your lifetime, which is also not bad. Okay. Sixty bucks one time means you get it forever, right? Sure. Um, and so that's an iOS bundle and a macOS bundle. Um, but pro features. Well, let me let me just quickly run down pro features and let's just see if any of these kind of click our box, right? The pro features are contact profiles, calendars, dark dark mode, favorites, pinning of emails, custom thread actions, custom notification sounds, end-to-end encryption, push, read receipts, templates and custom snooze times. Those are all within the pro features, which would be the $20 a year um, format. So it's a nice looking app. It's clean. Look, I'm hitting my hit list. We'll do this really quick. I know we're running low on time here, but it's cross-platform. It's got a Mac client and an iOS client that seem to be equal parity with one another. Junk mail, I assume it's got good junk mail filtering. I don't know how good it is, but unified inbox it has. It has snoozing with customizable dates and times. The layout on the Mac side is. It's slick. Uh, That's actually pretty slick. Yep. Highlights new messages for you. The search. I don't know. Um, don't know how good the searching is. It has templates just said, I don't know if it has directory as, uh, addresses for you. Um, hmm. So why so am I pull, not easy? Pull up my, pull up my, pull up my screen share real quick, Alan. Okay. Just because I believe when you see it for the first time, it's always really helpful to know the layout. But here's the beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Your stream is in not different emails, right? It kind of gives you as blocked emails, which I love yeah. rather than kind of work right. together. You mm-hmm. can see on the right the the information like from that, that person, yeah. which is super nice. You can easily click to favorite that person. Um, you know, you can see in the email, you know, all the things you need to see. This is what I was telling people earlier, right? That I could actually do, oh no, I'm sorry. This is bulk cleaner. What is bulk cleaner? What is that? Oh, look, it's highlighting certain things that it thinks Anything oh, that are not. Bulk. Yeah. There you go. They're not, yeah. So they're I'm not clean directly out all the bulk to emails, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of slick, right? So of course, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, that, Canary's got a lot of cool things. Um, I think I, I've just never been a fan of thinking I need to pay for something when before I'm committed. Well, but if Brian, it's twenty bucks a year, you know, I'm kind of to the point. Well, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> well, I just, I need if it, it was right. Yeah, I just need it to work, and I need yeah. to have those features we laid out on the screen. So Canary Mail, okay, that may be my little project. I may be trying out Canary Mail. I will have to. I guess to get the templates, I'd have to plug down the 20 bucks. It sounds like snoozing you can do, but you can't customize your snooze times unless you do the pro version. Okay. So here's the swipe, right? You can do the red, you can do the pen, you can do, let's see what else is in here real quick. This shows forward snooze, snooze, you know, allows me to choose. Yep. The so, the difference is on the free version you can't like set up custom times and dates. Right, for you get you take their time. Yep, yep. Okay, all right. Look, but this may I be tell my you what, you know, look at these cards up here, Alan. There's some really mm-hmm. cool things. It's like Copilot is what sends emails for you or words them appropriately. S- secure sending, 
adding favorites, adding templates, uh, customizing your email actions about quick response, discover mode, right? Which is kind of nice. It says some productivity sorts of things. I mean, it. I don't know. It could be an option. I am not going to say it is because I know I got screwed last time when I said it and then kind of messed you up at the end. I, I'm but the one that please took take the lead a look. on this. I took please the lead on this. Look. I said, why not this one? Okay. It's that's got calendar. Be my new one. That's it's be got my calendar new built in. Okay. Right. It's got the calendar built in, got your agenda items, got the other things. So, all right. I'll this, give it a shot. Uh, this could be. Yep. Yep. Take a look. I'm give it a shot. I will let you know. Uh, I'll keep everybody posted how it's going. I know everybody's on the edge of their seat waiting to find out. Does Alan like this email program? Canary and, mail. Uh, yep. Well, I may have to record I'm, a special episode just to yep. unveil. Our well, I got you on Spark, and then I felt really guilty when you found some quirks in there. And then Listen, I got excited I about Edison, and then I got I really guilty about all. that. I don't blame you at all for Spark because I did my due diligence. I checked everything, okay. all the features, everything looked great. When that bug came up, I immediately reached out to their support team. It's like, hey, just want to let you know there's a bug. When can it be fixed? And it never got fixed. And the only mm-hmm. word I ever got back is, we're all in on our next version. So we're not really <laughs> doing anything on this current version. And their new version, I didn't mention, Spark 3 is a paid paid subscription model version to yeah. have the features that it needs. So I'm not ready to jump into that. And it was like several dollars a month, which would be a lot more than the $20 a year that Canary Mail would be. So. Um, Anyway, hmm. um, I, I do blame you for Edison Mail, though. You got my hopes up on that one. Yeah, so. sorry, man. That was that I'm was sorry. really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, listen. I think we have designed our perfect email app. Now we just got to find it. Um, I'm sure. This so was this helpful or was this depressing? Is this helpful no, or depressing? Actually, no, look. I think it's actually helpful because now I have a list that I did not really have on paper before, and just like I did with Canary Mail when I said, "Oh, look. Okay, here's an option." Let me hit this list. I honestly just went down this critical features. Mm-hmm. And if I'm checking off all those critical features, I'm like, okay, well, this is this could be an option then. That's good. And then if it has anything on the bottom of half of the list, that's just like gravy on top that I'm be happy about. So I yeah. think this is a good exercise. It's sometimes good to get it down on paper and say, This is where we need to be. Now let's now we can find it. So oh, that's good. Good. I feel yeah. Decent to uh, to have brought it up. So, <clears throat> well, All right. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm hopeful. You know, we'll get there. It's aspirational. Look, just we continue the journey, man. We will find <laughs> it. We will we will reach the end one day. It'll be the last episode we ever record when we have email nirvana. I'm like, we've done it. Yeah, it's perfect. We have won. We We're, have won. Wrap it up, boys. <laughs> We're done. We're done here. <laughs> so, soon, our, soon our job is done. Our yeah. job is done. Shut her down. Shut her <laughs> down. All right, man. Well, Brian, if anybody is hearing all this and they're just like, oh, well, this email client does everything they just said. Why are oh they not God. talking about this? Please, please let me know. Please, oh, please talk to us about this. So, uh, Brian, how can they reach out to us? Yeah, send us an email. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I'd prefer a, I'd prefer a Facebook Messenger message. Um, <laughs> oh, send us send us a woof, right? Wasn't that the uh, the office, right? Send us, send us a woof. <laughs> send us an email at info at the mesh TV, and uh, yeah, tell us. Uh, we would love to hear if we were wrong and we have not found the right one yet. Uh, you can also go to our website at www.brothers-in-tech.com. 
All right. Well, we're going to go and wrap up. This is building the perfect email program. I think we got pretty close to what we need. Now let's just see where it goes. Um, Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We will be back next week with more uh, talk. Uh, we're going to lay low on email for a week or two at least. So let's let's at not least, talk about email at least two weeks. At least two weeks. Okay. <laughs> at least two weeks. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Let's lay low. We'll have some other topics okay. to bring up. We'll lay I think low. We got some other gotcha. interesting things we can discuss. So, I all right, you. everybody. Thanks so much for watching or listening, and we will look forward to talking to you next time. Take care. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.